Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning into the podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm your host, Caroline Pudner. Now today's episode features a great Zoom conversation I had with Deputy Head Teacher Tom Coleman from All Saints CV Primary School in Colville, which is in Leicestershire, England. Tom explains how his school have been implementing their new curriculum using the online platform Maestro. He explains the impact it's having on children, staff and the community. And because we were talking during the COVID pandemic, we also touch on how his school are coping with the learning gaps, remote learning and the like. I really hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. So hi Tom, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. We're talking at half three, so is it the end of school? Yeah, just your finished, school? Yeah. And uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name's Tom Coleman. I'm the Deputy Head of All Saints Primary School in Colville, Leicestershire. I teach year six as well as being the curriculum lead in school. I think the first question to ask is, obviously I'm talking to you during the COVID pandemic 2020. How are you? How are your children? How, how are your community in general? Yeah, we're doing really well. We're coping very, very well, to be honest. It is tough with, you know, reduced staff numbers and a lot of uncertainty around, but, you know, we're having to cover more break times and lunch times and cope with some different behaviours and things. But our staff have really shown their sort of true qualities during this. They're flexible, adaptable, and they're putting up with lots of different things. And uh, it's really, you know, shown us that we've got some fantastic members of staff in school. Um, mm. We also used sort of the first lockdown to really help us develop our curriculum because I joined school in 2019, so did the head teacher, and it came from a, you know, we're a double required improvement school, so things needed to change. So we actually used the first lockdown to really help us refine our curriculum and enhance our subject leaders and things like that. COVID is certainly an interesting challenge, but it's something that the staff have really embraced and uh, I can't speak highly enough of the, the team that we've got here. What are your priorities in the short term? I mean, our, our priorities is to make sure that the, the school community, the, the children, the teachers are all safe, happy and respected. Um, that's how, that's sort of our, one of our school mottos. And we want to try and keep it as normal as possible for the children, as much as we can. It's very, very difficult to do is because we've got some kids here who are desperate to learn. They've had a long time out of school. Um, so our priorities is to, as every school is, to reduce the gap that has been created by COVID, but also to make these kids happy and skipping into school every morning as they were before we um, before we locked down. Our school being in the situation it is by you know being required improvement twice and a new head teacher, new SLT, lots of new members of staff, we are building something here. So our priority is while we're keeping those children safe and happy, we've also got a school to be running. We've also got a school to be rapidly improving because we're in that position that we're in and we've got to do something about it because as much as COVID is the big problem at the moment. There is that Ofsted problem as well, which will come in at some point and we can't sit still. Uh, We need to be moving our school forward. Yeah, so it's like two things at the same time, that long-term vision and then the, yeah, the short-term dealing with the impact. Can I ask you about how you came came across Cornerstones and what your journey with it has been so far? Yes, me me personally, at my previous school, Elizabeth Woodville in Gruby, you were a similar situation where we we were looking for a curriculum that was going to kind of give us a bit of a platform and we looked at a few options and myself and the head teacher we decided to go with cornerstones we'd heard good things about it so we introduced that 
I think possibly five years ago, I think, at my previous school. So when I got the opportunity to come over um, to All Saints, where the curriculum was a bit dated, um, it wasn't very consistent, and the staff had kind of fallen out of love with the fun, really fun parts of primary teaching, so the history, geographies, that sort of stuff. We needed something, and we needed something quite quickly. So it was like, I, because I'd used it and had a lot of success in my previous school with it, it was like, well, let's go for it. And it was right at the time when Cornstone's Maestro was coming out as well. So it was a new challenge for me to learn how to use the Maestro elements of it, which is fantastic, by the way. But it was fantastic to, to sort of see that part because it was great previously where you could, you know, deliver some great lessons and some great topics. But the stuff behind the scenes as a subject leader was an area that was kind of questioned it a little bit. But the Maestro sort of answers all those questions and more, really. So I say when we when we first started, it was a fresh approach. It was a way that we could inspire the teachers. So you know, I'd recommend it for any sort of schools that are looking for something, a, a sort of a, a way forward, a platform that they can build from. Because what we also wanted to do here was not just be a school that uses cornerstones like thousands of other schools use cornerstones and it kind of be a carbon copy. Um, because every school is different and we wanted to make sure that it was kind of bespoke to us. So over the last sort of 12 months I've been looking at our curriculum, designed sort of the, the two-year plan that we've got, looked at curriculum coverage. So we've put together the long-term plan so that there are minimal gaps. But what we've also done is kind of put our own sort of ethos onto it. So our curriculum is called the journey of discovery, mm. where all the subjects are equally as important as each other because our school motto is let your light shine. And we might have a child who really struggles in geography, but actually they're a fantastic musician. And I think that's something sad about the COVID situation is some schools aren't teaching music and aren't teaching RE and aren't teaching things, which is actually might be the highlight of some child's day. So our journeys of discovery is in intertwining all of those different subjects into that topic, which I've had success with in the past and it's working really, really well here. What else we've done is our curriculum is the, the head, hand and heart curriculum where essentially we break down all of our curriculum, all the things that we teach into three areas so that the all the stakeholders, the parents, the governors, the children, the teachers, everybody will be able to articulate our curriculum as the head, hand and heart. So the head part of our curriculum is the knowledge um, from the national curriculum. This is what we've got to learn. These are the facts. These are the key principles that we've got to learn. We've then got the, the hand, which is the key skills that are learned. So is it things like inputting photographs into a PowerPoint document or is it to be using watercolour painting techniques? And then the heart element of it is because we're a church school, it's how we can get our Christian values through our topic. So our topic, our half-term value at the moment is generosity. So through our, our topics, all the teachers are trying to figure out ways in which we can get our value through our topic. Um, so that could be like raising money. Some people are doing that, adopting animals and all sorts of things. So that's kind of how our curriculum split up into those three areas. And we use cornerstones to help support that. It sounds really clear. And like you say, it's easy to articulate and to understand for everyone involved. And before all the COVID happened and Ofsted were talking about your rationale and your ethos, your principles behind your curriculum. It's not just about putting projects together, is it? It is about why that curriculum will work in your school, for your school values, your vision, for your community. And, you know, you can pick it up and you can use the projects as they are. But they are intended, particularly on Maestro now, for teachers to adapt them and, and to really make them work in your setting. So it is fantastic, Tom, to hear how you've done that. And I know I'll just say to the listeners, actually, if you visit your website, you've got a page outlining your curriculum ethos, haven't you, on there and all the, the ways in which you bring learning to life. Um, I wonder if I can ask you about the impact. Obviously, at the moment, we've got a really strange situation, but 
having those projects in place and the children learning through those projects, what impact have you seen as a deputy head, you know, in terms of not just the engagement of the children, but on their learning as well? Using Cornerstones, we've kind of transformed our curriculum from very much, you know, from learning walks and things that I'd experienced kind of a little bit lifeless and not as creative as it could be. And the teachers felt a little bit kind of restrained by what they had to teach and they didn't have that freedom to actually, we're doing something really fun and creative this afternoon. The kids can still learn in that way. And some of the activities on Cornerstones are, they champion that. They say, actually be creative, get outside, get the paint out, get the this out and you and go on these trips and do stuff, which is what the kids like. And it's what brings about the best learning. And by introducing Cornerstones with our staff, they very quickly realise that let's get the fun back into school. It's a primary school. It should be fun. It should be in, you know, enthusiastic kids and they want to learn stuff. And now we've got children doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And, you know, on our Twitter page, you can see children taking part in weird and wonderful science experiments and, you know, blowing stuff up and all sorts of things that just wasn't evident in our curriculum, you know, from the last few years. The kids are really engaged by it. It's now, you know, the kids are coming to the lessons and it sounds really kind of a bit cliche and stuff, but they're wanting to learn and they're wanting to take part and they kind of come about what we're we doing today is it going to be this are we doing that big science experiment when are we getting to do this that and the other which is that's kids that's what that's what we're here for but also it allows us to teach the through the head hand and heart thing the, the skills that the kids need and the knowledge that the kids need as well as a result of all the, th- the hard work that the teachers have put in they've really embraced the change and they've really embraced what's going on with our curriculum is our topic books now our curriculum books are looking superb we've had a lot of great feedback from advisors and other head teachers and governors and things that we've got our books now are bright colorful full of fantastic photographs of children enjoying themselves being creative and actually what we found is our staff are actually a really creative bunch and given a little bit of freedom which we have given them with the sort of background of having cornerstones there it's allowed them to really sort of bring our curriculum to life we've got art specialists that we didn't know we'd had we'd got at that moment in time who are enhancing what cornerstones providing and is providing our staff with extra sort of CPD and things. Um, But it has been a really positive experience so far. Fantastic. And, you know, when you talk to children, Tom, do do they talk about their learning and the new knowledge and skills they've picked up during the projects? Yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate enough as as deputy, you know, less so now, but could get around the classrooms, could see lessons, could speak to children and also teach in other classes as well. You get to see the enthusiasm and that's something that's really, really changed within our school. They like using the Cornerstones resources and the teachers like them as well because through Maestro, it's literally a click of a button and you can print off those things that you need or can have those resources ready for you and you know that they are pitched appropriately and they're ready for you to be using. But the kids really enjoy their learning. Um, When I've done sort of pupil interviews, they are really, really positive about their experiences at school now. And actually a lot of the parents are as well. Um, we're finding a lot more parental engagement. You know, a lot of children, parents are saying, saying to me on the door, oh, so-and-so was telling me about the Blitz last night and so-and-so was telling me about Henry VIII's wives and all that sort of stuff, whereas all that stuff is now sinking into the children and all of that stuff is now they're really enthusiastic about it. I was going to ask you about parents and your community as well. It's great to hear that they're becoming interested in what the children are learning about and they share those conversations. It helps you at school then, doesn't it? Yeah, massively. Yeah. So you mentioned Maestro. You're starting to use Maestro more. What functions, what tools are you particularly finding useful for you as a leader, Tom, and maybe for your subject leaders as well? I mean, for for me personally, when we were designing the curriculums, 
uh, when we were putting together our sort of cycle A and cycle B. Being able to do that on a, a computer, being able to drag and drop and click and change stuff was was a godsend, to be honest, because when I did that previously, sort of five years ago, it was much, much harder to do. Um, so from my point of view as curriculum lead, being able to shape our school's curriculum, put things into the right half term. So we're all, what we tend to do is we're all doing our main sort of history topic at the same time. We're all doing our main geography topics at the same time. So we have kind of a, a main subject for each half term. Mm. And then all of our cornerstones topics link to that main subject. Um, so on our long-term plan, if you look at it, it's on our website, um, you can see. So this this half term is our history main focus. So we've got World War II happening. We've got towers, turrets and tunnels and those sorts of things. Whereas our previous topic was mainly a science-based one where we had sort of screen machine and moon zoom and those sorts of ones. So from my point of view, from designing a curriculum, it's really easy to put together a exciting curriculum that links specifically to our sort of children and making sure that there weren't as many gaps. Because what I've known previously in, in, in other schools is they've gone, right, what topics would you like to learn? And the teachers have picked all the ones that are really exciting. And then actually you've realised that there is no DT or there is no electricity in science or whatever. So it was quite a long job to do, but... You know, once you've done that sort of hard work in designing your curriculum, the rest of it's a doddle because you've just got to sort of teach it then. So from my point of view, it's great putting the curriculum together and also identifying the gaps in our curriculum. So our science coordinators now have looked at the gaps that we've got in our curriculum and they've highlighted those and actually now using the Love to Investigate units and dipping into other little topics, we're making sure we're trying to plug those gaps. Now, obviously with COVID, there are a lot more gaps than there would have been in my original sort of two-year plan. So we've, that's a big challenge we've got coming up from a, a deputy sort of point of view and curriculum lead. That bit was fantastic. I was able to work on it at home and click a load of things until it got the best sort of ones for our children. Um, subject leader point of view, they're able to see what skills are taught in each class. I was talking to the geography coordinator at our school um, last week who was now like she can clearly see the skill progression through the school so for example compass directions in sort of year one year two leads to longitude and latitude in year five and six so she can now see that curriculum progression through whereas without that sort of guidance from cornerstones it may, may well have been just north east south west through the whole school people do say that actually it's the problem i think with not having it live and on a interactive platform is sometimes like you say if people choose the project you can either get unnecessary repetition or omission which is you know what we're talking about actually i mean you just mentioned covid can i ask you how you are delivering learning to children have you had many children in isolation who've been off at all um, we, we've had some children in isolation we haven't um, we're very very fortunate we haven't closed any bubbles or anything yet we have had some children isolating because of the locality that we we live in and you know sometimes the parents aren't the best uh, technology and sometimes the children what we've done is done our specific learning packs that we print out at school because not everyone's got printers, not everyone's got paper, pens, exercise books, those sorts of things. And we put together a little pack that's linked to the child specifically and also the work that we're doing in class. The work, the text that we're reading, the artwork that we're doing, um, all of those tasks go in a little pack that we deliver out to the parents. So mm. the children are still keeping up with what we're doing in class. And then we use Class Dojo. So the parents send us photographs of the work the children are doing so we can keep on top of the assessments and we know that the children are sort of accessing things at home. Yeah, so you've got a plan in an action in case there are we significant... We do some online platforms as well, things like Mathletics and Epic Reading and those sorts of things. But we felt that physical delivered learning packs were, were the way forward. 
Yeah, I mean, there's some worrying statistics about how many children can't access computers at home. Maybe their older sibling has it, or you know, it's it's not as clear cut. Yeah, so, we, we've, so gone, we've gone a little bit old school on it. Yeah. Can I ask you, Tom, about the range of children's ability you've got at your school? What's the the intake like and and what kind of needs do you have in school? Have you noticed a widening of that during this pandemic? Um, So we get a wide wide range of children um, from all different backgrounds attending our school, which is a challenge in itself. We've noticed that some of the children, um, when they've come back, they found it very, very difficult to get back into a routine to get back into learning and some of those children that find it really difficult to retain information it kind of feels a little bit like we've gone back to square one and with our school being a sort of double requires improvement school there's been history of um, teaching that's not quite been up to standard where the children have fallen behind slightly so this sort of gap away from school has really not helped out the children of our school now what we're doing about it is we've sort of streamlined our maths and english teaching into we're really focusing on the basics we're trying to plug those gaps make sure that the arithmetic and the mental methods are secure Uh, we're doing everything we possibly can with the reading so we've redesigned our reading curriculum because that's one of our main priorities so that's where we've kind of focusing all our time on the basic skills making sure that they are ready and the foundations are in place so that when we've sort of caught caught up and a lot of children have already that we can then start getting back into mastery maths and start getting back into those sorts of things so we've had to kind of press the reset button a little bit each individual child is very very different it sounds like you know a lot of schools are focusing on those key skills there was a worry actually that the curriculum would be narrowed because of it but are you delivering both are you are you focusing on the reading and maths but also giving the children a rich diverse curriculum at at the same time yeah, what we've got to, as you said, our, our school motto is let your light shine and we want children's light to shine in whatever subject that they excel at. What we've done with our maths and English, we've made it focusing on, like I said, on, on the basics so that those skills that the children will need moving forwards are embedded, are well taught and at a slightly slower pace to make sure that they are really secure. Our sort of, sort of mantra in maths is don't practice till you get it right, practice till you can't get it wrong. So we're giving those children daily opportunities to practice, practice, practice all those key skills so that they're embedded, so that we can move them on quicker and um, move them on. And it seems to be working very well. But as soon as maths and English lessons are done, I'm not saying that they're really boring as well, um, but we, <laughs> well, like, we're making sure that, that all the children are having a great time. Our year sixes, sometimes year six can be a bit of a test factory and reading tests in the afternoon and those sort of things. For, for the children at our school, that's not what we want to be doing. For all children, need to be getting themselves engaged in whatever learning is going on that afternoon. And we're trying to be as creative as possible so the kids go home. Yeah, they come to school yeah. skipping in the morning. They want them going home skipping to tell their parents what they've been doing today and what they've been learning. And what we've noticed in school is since the kids have come back, we are finding they're doing a lot more homework. They're bringing in extra projects. So we were writing newspapers about war breaking out in World War II in, in English um, two weeks ago. Every day now I get a newspaper on my desk about Leicester winning a game or about Little Mix doing whatever it is so the kids have been inspired by it and they're now writing stuff any of the artwork that we do in school we're now getting children producing their own ones at home to bring in to show uh, which was something that wasn't happening before the sort of the the lockdowns and now it's really starting to to kick off so that's been actually a positive on it. That's good to hear and I have to say you know earlier we were talking about those key skills but you can have broad and balanced maths and broad and balanced English. I mean, we're, we're not saying it's just the foundation subjects. It's the whole lot, isn't it? But yeah, it's those key skills, obviously, that, that schools are, are really working on, like the reading. Because without the reading, they can't access the rest of the curriculum, can they? 
Tom, it's been fantastic talking to you. I have to ask you, with you've got such a clear vision for your curriculum, but you know, when when things are back to normality, what's your vision for what you'd like to develop with your curriculum next? So we've got a few priorities that we're we're looking at together as a school because with the position that we found ourselves in, we've got lots of fires that we're fighting, um, lots of areas that need improvement. And as a church school, we're really striving our best to, to improve our RE teaching and collective worship. Um, so I was really excited when Cornstones released, I think it was last week or something, um, they love to celebrate units. So that's something that we're looking at, how we can intertwine those into our RE teaching. Our RE coordinator was really excited when they came Aww. So that's something that we're really looking forward to trying to integrate within our curriculum because we are going from a situation where parents previously weren't as engaged as, as they could have been. And then we started to get them really on board. That's what we want to be focusing is getting the parents involved. We started off just before the lockdown happened with our sort of spark events where we kickstart our topics in a fun, lively, engaging way. And then we have one at the end of the topic where the parents would come in. So we had parents coming in using virtual reality and doing the lessons that the children had set up for them so they could see all the learning that had gone on. Obviously, that's something we want to get back to doing as soon as possible so that the parents see what the children are doing. Um, mm. And it's, it's really securing the previous knowledge that the children have got to see if it was, if it's taken in, if, it, if they've learned it, if it's the knowledge they've got that will remember them, uh, they'll remember for a long, long time, or whether it was just something like we did the tutors last year and we don't remember anything about them. So essentially our main priority there is to say the RE, the parental engagement, and making sure that the children are fully understanding the, the knowledge that they've, they've picked up. And retaining it, yeah. And we've got some a whole range of knowledge-rich projects, but we've also got the knowledge organisers with each project, which hopefully can sort of, it focuses on the key knowledge, doesn't it, of each project. And yeah. But it is, you're right, it's that regular retrieval and that recapping throughout their time at school. Yeah, um, knowledge organisers on the website as well, so it's another way that parents can access the learning if they want to. We do some tasks that get sent home that are linked to the knowledge organisers on the website yeah well thank you so much tom for your time today obviously you're really busy and i do appreciate it and it sounds like you're doing amazing things with your curriculum and we'll definitely be taking a close look at what you develop over the next year or so and it's been lovely talking to you today thank you so much tom Thank you for listening to this podcast. It was brought to you by Cornerstones Education. We help primary schools in England, Wales and beyond with the materials and tools to design, deliver and manage their curriculum. Follow us on social media at Cornerstones Edu or visit us on our website cornerstones.co.uk. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.